Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Look, going back to the Stafford for Goff deal, I don't know what Detroit's getting out of this uh, because Jared Goff has not exactly stood out. But the Rams have got a lot more around Matthew Stafford than he had before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's an interesting guy. Is you know, I cover the Jets, and there's always quarterback questions, and you're always kind of trying to figure out where guys measure up and Stafford's an interesting one a comparison because he's had a good career he just hasn't won a lot and because he's had a bad team around him for most of the time so it's going to be interesting to see him now with Sean McVay you know who I think we all think is pretty good coach and uh, obviously they have a great defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey leading the way and then he's got some weapons out there I receiver with Cup and Woods um, they got a good running game so he's going to you know this is the time now for Stafford to show what he can do with a good team around him. Brian Costello of the New York Post. Uh, obviously, uh, the uh, the Jets have taken care of uh, tagging Marcus May. That was kind of mandatory, wasn't it? Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer when I, you, you see that number, Howard. Uh, you know, we don't have it for sure because the cap isn't set yet, but it's going to be around 10 and a half. Might go up to, you know, maybe close to $11 million, depending on when the cap lands. But if you look at safety contracts, the top safeties are getting close to $15 million a year. Uh, I think Buda Baker is the top of the market. There's some guys who might reset that market, like a Justin Simmons, who also got tied by the Broncos. If Seattle pays Jamal Adams, that might reset the market. So, you know, $11 million or $10 million, that's a pretty good deal for Marcus May. Uh, I think that's a, that's a, you know, getting him at a pretty nice price for the Jets, and they can keep negotiating until July 15th. I, I do think it'd be worth it to get him signed to a long-term deal, Howard. He's been a good player for them. Uh, he has been a good guy off the field, a good guy in the locker room, has not made waves. And, you know, the Jets just haven't – they haven't rewarded their own very much. And they haven't had a lot of guys to reward. So, But I, I think it would send a good message if they could, could lock him up, a guy who's done everything right. Uh, Brian, uh, new regime here now. I mean, Joe Douglas is second year. Uh, and I thought he did some pretty decent things last year in the draft, but now you got seventy million or thereabout 
in cap yeah. money that you can spend. And you got a new head coach in Robert Sala. I have never seen a situation where a guy comes from one organization, goes to another. When he gets to the new organization, he's still got the ties to his previous organization. And I say that only because I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if, the, if because of Robert Sala, the Jets did some business with the 49ers. Yeah, or the or the players who are going to be free agents for the four eight. Yeah, I think that could happen. Too. Yeah, I got, yeah. I go back, Howard, to two thousand nine when the Jets hired Rex Ryan, and he came into a situation where the Jets roster was much better than the roster Robert Sala is inheriting here right now. Uh, the Jets have done nine and seven the year before Rex, but Rex thought it was important to bring some Ravens with him, and they went out and they paid big money for Bart Scott at inside linebacker. They signed Jimmy Leonard at safety and Marcus Douglas on the defensive line. Right. So he had each level of his defense taken care of. You know, secondary linebacker, defensive line. And those three guys basically taught the Rex Ryan defense to their to their groups, you know, because Rex couldn't be in every single meeting. Those three guys were teaching him. And they were also kind of preaching the gospel of Rex. You know, when you're a new coach, you got to win the team over. But you got to get them to buy into your program. And they helped. And that was a big part of the early years of Rex was those three guys, um, you know, kind of showing the way. So I think Sala could use something like that. So a guy like Richard Sherman, I normally wouldn't be a proponent of signing a 32-year-old cornerback, Howard. But I do think he'd have some value in terms of just being, you know, a teacher and almost like an extra coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could see, see them signing him. There's been a lot of other guys that are going to hit the market that I could see, you know, Sala bringing some of them in to help establish his program. And, you know, for Rex, Rex was just kind of, he, he brought a new defense to, to the Jets. They, they retained the offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer at the time. With Salah, he's bringing Michael Floor with him from San Francisco. So, it's the, again, it's both sides of the ball at San Francisco. So maybe you'll see some receivers. Kyle Ushak, the, uh, the full, fullback, I could see them side the Jets going after him because they, they don't have a fullback. And you need that in that offense. So I do think you'll see some 49ers uh Coming, coming eastward. I think it's fair to say that you could make a case that the Jets control the draft uh, because they've got the second yeah. overall pick, and there are a lot of teams that are looking for a quarterback. But let's take the, the let's take the horse before the cart. The first thing that we're talking that we always talk about it's Sam Darnold, um, and it would seem that the hierarchy has got to make a decision: do they want Sam Darnold or don't they? Yeah, and right now, Howard, I think they're still wrestling with that decision. And I think there's a lot of different opinions within the organization. I think if you ask, you know, 10 Jets fans, you'd get, you'd get a lot of different opinions. I'd the same thing within the organization right now. Uh, it's an interesting debate because Sam Darnold is a top evaluation right now. He has not had a lot of good players around him. You can question the coaching he's had the last few years. Will he be better if they can get a better team around him? That being said, Sam, you know, he, he only has one year left on his contract. You're not going to pick up the $20 million option for 2022 right now. So you're kind of rolling the dice. Well, you might be in the same situation next year looking for a quarterback. And you're, you, you're, you're hoping you're not picking number two next year. So, um, you know, do, I think the question is going to come down to do they love one of these college quarterbacks? If they love Zach Wilson and they think this guy is going to be a great NFL quarterback, draft him and trade Sam Darnold. you got to move on, you know? Uh, but that, to me, that's the key question right now is what's the evaluation of the college guys? And I don't think we're close to that yet. We're still a few weeks away from the pro, most of the pro days. You know, you have to think. the Jets. There was no combine. The Jets really haven't had much time to evaluate these quarterbacks yet. Well, Brian, they got uh, free agency comes up starting, what, the 25th of March? Is that right? Free agency, no, it's the 17th. 
Oh, the seventeenth. I'm sorry, that's yep. even closer. Yep. So you know, there's opportunity to spend some of that money that they've got, uh, and I'm. It's very curious to see the direction they go there in terms of priorities, because like we both know, there's a lot of holes that need to be filled. Yeah, there is, and you know, Joe Douglas grew up in Baltimore uh, under Ozzie Newsom. That's where his NFL education came from. The Ravens are not a big spending team. That's not how they operate. They draft and develop and re-sign their guys. They don't go out and spend big on free agents. So, you know, Douglas last year didn't spend a lot of money on free agents. A lot of one-year deals. Uh, you know, this year is going to be different, I think, though. Um, I think he has to spend some money. I think he has to swing for the fences on a few guys. And free agency can be risky. You know, guys get overpaid. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But this roster is so bad, Howard. It can't. It's not going to be fixed by the draft this year. Like you know, it's just you just they have nine picks, but not 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 all nine of those guys are going to be contributors right away. That's impossible. So, um, you know, he's going to have to fix some of these holes through free agency, and I'm going to be curious, you know, how much he's willing to spend. I talked to um, John McLean, the great writer for the Houston Chronicle. Yep. And and John, uh, I think it was yesterday in his column. He basically said to the Texans, you've got to move Deshaun Watson and get a whole boatload of draft picks and rebuild this franchise. That's his take on it. But John yeah. McClain's got a lot of power in Houston. A lot of people listen to him. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, John is an interesting one to listen to uh, in Houston. Uh, I just don't know if Nick Casario is going to listen to John. You know, and yeah. Nick Casario is in a tough spot taking that job, new GM. Uh, you're going to trade away a 25-year-old franchise quarterback. That's tough. I mean, everything I've heard from people is that Texans are still holding firm. They're not going to trade him away. I think they're going to play chicken for a longer hour. And this gets beyond the draft. It takes a different, you know, it's, it's a different story. Because from a Jets perspective, why the Jets make sense in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes is because they have the number two pick. So if you're Houston and you're sitting there and you're going to trade Deshaun Watson, you want to trade him somewhere where you're going to be able to replace him with a quarterback right away. So if you get the number two pick, you can do that. You can take the best quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Uh, you know, and if they like Sam Donald, they can get him too uh, and take him. And then have two quarterbacks going into the year. Uh, you know, once the draft passes, now you don't know who, where everyone's drafting in 2022. You don't know who has the number two pick versus mm-hmm. the number 23 pick. You can take some guesses. But look where, you know, the Dolphins got the Texans pick. They didn't think they'd be taking number three this year, I don't think. So uh, it gets it gets trickier after the draft. Um, but, you know, if I'm the Jets, I'm calling Nick Casario. If, I, if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm checking with Nick Casario every few days. I didn't change. You want to trade those Deshaun Watson? Because I would send some of these picks that he has to Houston in order to get a franchise quarterback. You know, uh, where do we talk about Sam Donald or Zach Wilson or anyone else in the draft? Those are all question marks. Those are all projections. Deshaun Watson is not a projection, Howard. He's a sure thing. You know what you're getting with him. So I, I would uh, I would definitely be trying to get him if I was Joe Douglas. Brian Costello of the New York Post. Look, th- this didn't just happen to Houston. I mean, I'm going to go back to the playoffs a year before last when they blew yeah. a 24-0 lead against Kansas City yep. because – I was there. Oh, really? And Bill O'Brien <laughs> – yeah, covered that game. <laughs> yeah, Bill O'Brien decides to go for it on fourth down – Inside yeah, his own 50-yard with a fake yeah. punt, and you're up 24 to nothing? Yeah. I'm, I remember watching that game. I jumped off my seat saying, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I, after the game, Howard, we were downstairs, you know, in the press conference room, and I went to the Houston side because uh, I thought that was a fascinating decision. And, you know, 
Bill O'Brien was talking about, well, you know, we knew we were going to have to score a lot of points because Kansas City scored a lot of points, but the series before, he kicked the field goal. <laughs> you know, I thought they you, the fourth, it was fourth and short at the, at, the, like, at the Chiefs 20, he kicked the field goal. So I, I said to him, I said, you had to score a lot of points. Why would you kick the field goal of the series before? And he said, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that, that was something else. Well, you know, and then it didn't get any better because don't forget he was the general manager and the coach. So the general yeah. manager betrayed the coach when he traded DeAndre Hopkins. And when that deal went down, I'm thinking to myself, you cannot, no matter what the problem is, you cannot trade a top three receiver in this league. And he did. And certainly not for what he got back. Exactly. The return price. Yeah, if you're going to trade that guy, you better get a boatload of picks back. And he didn't. Um, you know, he didn't get enough back for him. And that was really what jumped out to me about the Hopkins thing. Uh, you know, like, because here with the Jets, watching what happened with Jamal Adams last year, you know, the Jets didn't want to trade Jamal Adams. He was their best player. But things deteriorated. And then Joe Douglas saw an opportunity with Seattle offering two first-round picks. And, I mean, Howard, that trade looks better and better to me the more trades I see go down in the league. You know, he got two first-round picks for a safety. So, <laughs> like, that, look, look, look what Philadelphia just got for Carson Wentz. You know, then like think about that. So I, I think Joe Douglas, while while trading away your best player is never a good idea, I think he got a great return for for Jamal Adams with the two first round picks. Well, he's got the second overall and the twenty third overall in this year's draft. Um, yep. So that that's part of the salute, uh, part of the way to fix it. But <clears throat> getting back to when I had John McClain on my podcast last week, and I I said, well, you know, if you're if you're you're Houston, what do you want back for Deshaun Watson? He says, I'd take three number one picks. I would take their quarterback. And John made a very good statement. He said, Houston cannot trade Deshaun Watson without getting a quarterback in return as part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I agree with him. And for the, just like, like I, I kind of made a point before, with the Jets, if you want Sam Darnold, you can have Sam Darnold. But I'm also giving you the number two pick. Which that's that's a quarterback, Howard, right? Like that's a quarterback pick. Yep. You're getting a, you're, you can have your pick of quarterbacks other than the guy who's going to Jacksonville. You know, so I don't see any other team that could offer as as an attractive a package to to the Texans as the Jets can, uh, because they've kind of built to this moment where they have all these draft picks. You know, they they've got four first round picks in the next two years. They got 18 picks overall. Um, you know they're in a position, and I've heard you know some Jets fans say you can't trade away picks. You can't trade away picks. But the Jets, it's not like they completely mortgage the future here. Like let's say they trade three first round picks, they still have another one. You know in the next two years, so they've got the picks to, to make the move, and they have the quarterback solution or potential solution, I should say, for the Texans if, if you know clearly that's what they have to be looking for. Brian, I, I heard uh, Quinn and Williams' name mentioned as part of it, and I'm thinking to myself, you can't trade that guy. That guy's got a chance to be a big-time player. I wouldn't move him if I were the Jets. Yeah, here's where I'm with Quinn and Howard. I agree with you. He's going to be a very good player, I think. However, he's got a position where I can find players. I can find good players. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if the Texans ask for three first-round picks, and Quentin Williams and Sam Darnold, I'm not going there, right? I, I, but if you're willing to knock it down to two first-round picks, I might include Quentin Williams then. To me, he's a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. He's another first-round pick. Like, So, 
if I can get away with now, I'm now I'm only giving you two first round picks and Quinn and Williams. I think about doing that. I would not do three first round picks plus Quinn and Williams. The uh, the the other day I saw something. It was the anniversary of um, the Jets, the Mets, and uh, the Knicks winning a championship all in the same year, 1969. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not going to happen again in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them, well, one of them win again in your lifetime, Howard. That's what you need to ask. <laughs> well, and if I was to make a choice of which team was closer, I'd ha- probably have to say the Mets. Yeah, I would agree with you. Because yeah, they got Jacob the Grom. So, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that helps. Yeah, they, but, they, yeah, and the Mets are the Mets are the ones who've been closest most recently too. Um, yeah, I mean it's hard to envision the uh, the Jets contending right now. They're so they're they're very far away from well, of course, uh, you know, contending for a championship. Uh, of course, second overall pick. If the Jets keep the second overall pick, and it almost seems like it, it. And right now, everybody seems to think that Zach Wilson's the guy from BYU. Look, that yeah. program has produced a passing offense for back to Lavelle Edwards. Uh, I mean, it's just been ongoing. They've always produced uh, a big-time offensive team. I mean, going back to the 80s when Lavelle Edwards uh, and the Cougars beat uh, Michigan in the Holiday Bowl and claimed the national championship. So, I mean, yeah. they, they, uh, they've always produced good quarterbacks. I haven't seen a lot of Zach Wilson. Have you? No, I haven't. And I'll tell you, I saw BYU play in the kickoff classic. Do you remember the old kickoff classic yep. at the Meadowlands? Yep. Yeah, it's got to be 1985, maybe. They yep. played Boston College uh, in the kickoff classic. So I remember going out to that game with my dad. Um, I've, I have not I've, – I've tried to watch uh, – I watched a, 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 YouTube has a video, Howard, of all of his throws and runs from here. Not just highlights, everything he did. And I've started watching that. But it's you know, you can only get so much from it, and he 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 didn't play great competition. And I don't pretend to be a scout, Howard. Like I I, I trust other people's opinions. The thing that I'm you know I'm getting there's a lot of different opinions on, on Zach Wilson right now. There's a lot of different opinions on all these quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence. You know, some people love Zach Wilson. You know, Chris Sims last week they say he's the number one quarterback in the draft over Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I've talked to other people who are not as high on him. So, um, you know, that's that's going to be – that's why Joe Douglas gets the big bucks, Howard. Hmm. The evaluation he has to make, he's going to figure out, you know, what is this guy going to be? You know, I, I thought Sam Donald was going to be the guy. I like Sam Donald coming out of college. and he, It hasn't happened over three years. So, um, it's, it's, tricky, it's tricky evaluating these quarterbacks. Let me ask you this. Anytime – look, when you talk about getting a player from Alabama uh, – they they lose a couple of wide receivers. You get two more good wide receivers the next year when they yeah. recruit. Uh, they get great defensive players year after year after year. Um, when you and I heard what what Chris Sims said, it got me so uh, curious that Chris is coming on Thursday. I got to ask him if he's out of his mind. So, <laughs> but hey, he's entitled to his opinion. Bill Parcells has come out and said that Sam Donald can be a good quarterback in this league. He needs. Yeah like a lot of good quarterbacks, you need some people around you. Now, whether it's in New York, whether it's with the Jets or wherever he goes, he can be a good quarterback in Parcells' estimation. But there's one thing that, that, that I, would, I would question, and that's his ability to stay on the field. Yeah, uh, 
you know, he had the shoulder last year. I, I would write the mono off. That was kind of a freak thing. Uh, and then he had a foot injury his, his uh, rookie year. That To me, Howard, that, that is a concern, but it's not the biggest concern. The biggest one to me is the turnovers. Uh, he still throws way too many interceptions that mm-hmm. are just like, what What? What are you thinking, interceptions? You know, sort of things when you did as a rookie, you wrote it off that it was a rookie. And then last year, he was throwing them, and you're like, what the heck? And I mean, and he didn't have one game, Howard, last year where he threw for 200 yards. Like that, that, and that's you know that's kind of a barometer in the NFL. And um, I don't know, like you, you think he would have lucked into one game <laughs> like that. Uh, and the Jets were behind a lot; they were throwing a lot, so it wasn't like he didn't have opportunities. So I have some questions about Sam's game. I understand the uh, the argument that he hasn't anything around him. I don't disagree with that. I just think the ceiling on Sam. Um, is probably, you know, he could be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's ever going to be top 10 or top 5. Uh, and that's why if I were the Jets, I'd be seriously looking at moving on. A guy that's, uh, that's uh, improved his stock, uh, it, oh, two guys, both quarterbacks. One is Trey Lance uh, from uh, North Dakota yeah. State. And the other one is Mac Jones from Alabama. Uh, he didn't play in the Senior Bowl, but he went to their workouts. And he impressed yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we talked about Zach Wilson before, and I talked about the quality of competition. Mark Mac Jones is the opposite uh, argument. It's, he has so many good players around him, he's hard to evaluate. <laughs> right? Like, he's thrown, like you mentioned before, Alabama, you know, he's gonna have, there's going to be two, those, they have two first-round wide receivers this year, and they, have a, they had two first-round receivers last year. Like, yep. they, they just go, they're a factory there. So, um, He's a tough evaluation. I like him watching him. I just think you know, he's accurate. He looks like he makes good decisions. He's not the mobile guy, the, the runner that people look for today. So that's a question. You know, Trey Lance, I haven't seen him at all. I mean, he's, what, he's played, I think, 17 games or something like that. So he, that, that would scare me, um, just his limited exposure uh, to playing. You know, I, I, that was always a Parcells thing. So he liked guys to have a lot more college experience. That's gotten tougher and tougher through the years as guys left early. But uh, the Trey Lance evaluation has to be a very tricky one for these teams because he has not played a lot and he's not played against top competition. So I'm very curious where he ends up going and how that works out. The other quarterback um, whose stock really has fallen for reasons that I don't know, and that's Justin Fields of Ohio State. What do you know? Yeah, I think people are overanalyzing Howard. I think that's just, you know, like we get into this this season where it's weird. You know, watching him against Clemson in the semifinals that night when he played very well, everyone was like, oh, my God, he's going to get to number two. He's great. And then, you know, he was hurt, and he didn't play as well against Alabama. And all of a sudden, the Zach Wilson train kind of left the station. Everyone loves Zach Wilson. And it's weird to me. Like, why is Justin Fields dropping? when he hasn't played a game. You know, it felt like he was the clear number two quarterback. So I don't know if he's dropping with NFL teams as much as he's dropping with the analysts right now. I think he'll still go very high, Howard. And, you know, I'm very, you know, he's a very interesting guy. He's a very good player. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think somebody will take him very early on in the draft. The one thing you and I, he's Brian Costello of the New York Post. The one thing you and I are both aware of is that New York fans are very impatient. How long? Yeah. How long of a leash do you think the Jets' management, specifically Douglas, 
uh, gets. Is it a year, two years? I, mean, I don't think a year is enough. I don't think it's fair. Uh, but I'd like to yeah. see, I, you know, I, I, I'd like to see what he does over the next two years. Yeah, I think two years is fair. You know, I think this is his first, this year's his first really big chance to put a stamp on the team. Um, he didn't do much in free agency last year. He drafted Mackay Becton, which was a good move. We'll see how the rest of that draft pans out. But, you know, this is what he's been building toward. He's got a lot of cap space. He's got a lot of draft picks. So, you know, five picks in the first three rounds, you got to find some players now, right? Like, this roster has to look competitive this year. It was, that was a, you know, rep- that was like a expansion-level fran- uh, franchise last year, roster-wise. And, you know, Adam Gates took all the bullets, Howard, right? Like, everyone hated Adam Gates. Everyone, you know, blamed him for everything. Adam Gase is gone. <laughs> so now the bullseye is on Joe Douglas. Now the attention's on him. And if the Jets stumble this year and they look bad, I don't think Salah is going to be the one gets blamed. I think Joe Douglas is going to get another blame. So the pressure's on him. And yeah, I, I think probably two years is probably a good measuring stick for him now. Um, you know, but it, it's been 10 years now without a playoff game for the Jets. So the fans, like you said, they're beyond impatient. You know, they, they want to be back in the playoffs. They want to be back, you know, not getting laughed at when they go to work Monday mornings. So uh, pressure's on Joe Douglas now. Who um, is the unknown factor? And that's the return of Woody Johnson. How active yeah. do you think Woody Johnson will be? I don't think he'll be very active at first, Howard, but, you know, Woody, Woody will put his nose in there at some point. Um, you know, I think right now they're all on board. Like, let's Joe, let, let Joe do his thing. Um, you know, if Deshaun Watson becomes a real thing, Howard, like if Houston comes out for those offers, Woody Johnson will be pushing, uh, no doubt. Woody loves uh, stars, and, you know, he brought Brett Favre here. He brought Tim Tebow here. I think he'll be pushing them to make a move for Deshaun Watson if that becomes realistic. But uh, to me, you know, right now I think Woody will probably sit back and let his let uh, let Joe Douglas do his thing, and uh, you know, I think it'll be quiet this year. Have you uh, ever seen? We we know year in and year out, there's always a coaching carousel, and this year seven new head coaches are in the league. Yeah. But it's the first time I can remember where some marquee names are now in a quarterback carousel. Wentz is now in Indianapolis. Stafford's in L.A. Uh, Goff is in Detroit. Uh, we're talking about Russell Wilson going somewhere. And I think that's just much, much ado about nothing. Uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously. Uh, I don't remember seeing all this quarterback talk in years gone by. No, I agree with you. It's been a crazy year. And, you know, usually one thing that, that you know, that, like, there's talk – and you, you look at the contract and you say, okay, they can't move that guy. Like, even, like, when there starts to be speculation and fans want to let a guy move, you, know, you look at Carson Wentz's contract and you say, okay, the Eagles can't trade him. If they trade him, that's $33 million in dead money. That's $33 million that they're paying him to play for the Colts, basically. You know, they, they count against their cap. It doesn't seem like something you could do, but the Eagles did it. So that, to me, is crazy right now. Because uh, the same thing, I look at Russell Wilson, it's $39 million. The Seahawks traded him, so you're going to take a you know 39 million dollar cap hit for somebody who's not on your roster. That's crazy, but it seems like teams are a little more willing to do that now uh, than in the past because we've seen some crazy cap hit hits this year. So yeah, the quarterback movement is interesting. Um, I had someone argue with me, you know, talking about Sam Darnold, but I said you know you don't want to be here next year when you're looking for a quarterback. And they said, well, why not? Like look at all the quarterback movement this year. 
Like, who's to say it won't happen again next year? And maybe they can get so they can get a quarterback that somebody doesn't want anymore. So I, I don't know. I'm curious to see if it continues this way, Howard. Uh, I hear what you're saying. And then, you know, Jeffrey Lurie of uh, the Eagles says that he wants Jalen Hurts to be his quarterback. Uh, my, res- my, my response to, to uh, Lurie is, please keep it quiet. <laughs> you don't need to say that. Yeah. I mean, owners do that. Yeah. But that's, you know, hey, look at Jerry Jones. Anybody talk more than he does? Yeah, no, I, 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 mean, I don't know, you know, if there was a message to his madness and he wanted to get that message out there and, you know, give her, her some confidence or something, I don't know. But, yeah, I think I think you're right, Howard. I think you can keep that in-house. Hey, well, you know, I got a lot of friends that that's live in the Dallas area, and they're, everybody's going gaga that Prescott signed a, a four-year deal. Uh, they don't care how much it's $160 million. It's been coming out of their pocket. But Jerry right. Jones has not had a team in the Super Bowl in 26 years. He is overdue. Yeah. And the pressure's on now. Sure. The pressure's on Dak now to produce. You know, well, you know you're no longer the fourth-round draft pick anymore. You know, that's like that, like the, the underdog story. Now you're the high-paid quarterback and you better you know you better produce some championships that, that's what Dallas is going to be looking for Brian you've you've been around this organization long enough um and and you know the, the way they operate and so on and maybe this is a new day and it seems to be more optimism with the addition of Sala uh on a lot of fronts if you're guessing where do you think the Jets are at quarterback in 2021 I think they're going to draft uh Zach Wilson Howard, that's that's what I think. Um, I think that's where they're headed. Uh, now, is he starting week one? Uh, I, I'm not sure. You know, they, they probably bring in a veteran quarterback to, to pair with him. Um, but I think Zach Wilson is going to be the guy, you know, so to speak, going forward. I think that that's where they're going to end up. The only caveat I would get Howard is if Deshaun Watson somehow becomes available, then you know, I think they jump in on that. But to me, I don't think he's going to become available. I think Texans are going to sit on him into the season. So, um, you know, I think the Jets will take the kid from BYU and we'll start the quarterback clock over again with the Jets. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting. At least it gives you something to write about. <laughs> they're always interesting, Howard. They're, not, they're never good. They're always interesting, though. <laughs> no, no, they're not dull. No, that's for sure. Yeah. They've, they've always kept it interesting. And, uh, last year was amazing. I thought... You're sitting there in the middle of the season when they're 0 and 8. I was sitting there going, "Oh my God, how, what are we going to write about for the second half of the season?" But they found a way. Yeah, you'll think of something. Well, thanks again for your time, Brian. I really appreciate it, and 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 you stay safe. All right, thanks, Howard. You too, Brian Costello. Yours truly, Howard David, taking a bite of the Big Apple on a Tuesday. It's <laughs> he's right. They're not dull. They haven't been good, but they're not dull. But at some point, look, 10 years without a playoff, okay. What contributed to that? Bad management, bad coaching, and a subpar roster. Let's be real. You don't win in the National Football League without a top-flight quarterback, period. And Chris Sims, son of Phil Sims, so that he thinks that Zach Wilson's going to be a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to ask him about it on Thursday, right here on this podcast. I'm Howard David. You stay safe. Thanks for joining me with a bite of the Big Apple. Have a good day.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.